Welcome to Skybound Chronicles, your high-flying passport to the incredible world of aviation. I'm Pavel, your guide through the thrilling tale of the Boeing 717. The development of the Boeing 717, initially known as the MD-95, is a fascinating chapter in the history of commercial aviation. This narrative begins in the early 1960s with the launch of the Douglas DC-9 by Douglas Aircraft Company. The DC-9 was a groundbreaking design, a short-range companion to the larger four-engine DC-8. Unlike its predecessor, the DC-9 was an entirely new concept, featuring two rear fuselage-mounted Pratt & Whitney JT-8D turbofan engines, a compact and efficient wing, and a T-tail. Its maiden flight in 1965 marked a significant milestone in aviation heralding the aircraft's entry into airline service later that year. Over its production life, which concluded in 1982, 976 units of the DC-9 were manufactured, underscoring its success and widespread acceptance in the commercial aviation market. The evolutionary path of the DC-9 led to the birth of the McDonnell Douglas MD-80 series, which took to the skies in 1980. This series was a direct descendant of the DC-9, specifically the lengthened DC-9-50 variant. It boasted a higher maximum takeoff weight and greater fuel capacity, along with the incorporation of next-generation Pratt & Whitney JT-8D 200 series engines and an improved wing design. Between 1980 and 1999, a total of 1,191 MD-80s were delivered, a testament to the enduring legacy and continued relevance of the original DC-9 design in commercial aviation. Building on the success of the MD-80, McDonnell Douglas developed the MD-90. Launched in 1989 and taking its first flight in 1993, the MD-90 was a longer aircraft featuring a glass cockpit with electronic instrumentation and more powerful, quieter, and fuel-efficient IAE V2525D5 engines. The option of upgrading to the IAE V2528 engine was also available. Despite these advancements, only 116 MD-90 airliners were delivered, reflecting shifting market dynamics and emerging competition. During the early 1980s, as production of the DC-9 family gradually shifted from the smaller Series 30 towards the larger Super 80 variants, later redesignated as the MD-80. McDonnell Douglas explored the concept of a smaller version of the DC-9 to fill the gap left by the DC-9-30. This led to the initial proposal of the DC-9-90 in 1983. The aircraft, about 25 feet shorter than the DC-9-81, was designed to accommodate up to 117 passengers and was to be powered by a 17,000 lbf thrust version of the JT-8D. 200 series engine, although the CFM International CFM-56-3 was also considered. The design included the DC-9's wing with slight modifications and a range that could be extended, depending on the configuration. However, the project was postponed due to the economic recession of the early 1980s. When McDonnell Douglas finally developed a smaller version of the MD-80, it resulted in the creation of the MD-87. However, the MD-87, with its relatively high maximum takeoff weight and powerful engines, turned out to be more of a special mission aircraft rather than a direct replacement for the DC-9-30. Despite being an excellent aircraft for specialized roles, the MD-87 sales were primarily limited to existing MD-80 operators relying on its commonality with the larger MD-80 variants. 
In the early 1990s, McDonnell Douglas revisited the idea of a specialized 100-seat version of the MD-80, initially named the MD-87-105. This variant was to be approximately 8 feet shorter than the MD-87 and powered by engines in the 16,000 to 17,000 LBF thrust class. In a significant development, McDonnell Douglas, Pratt & Whitney, and the China National Aerotechnology Import-Export Agency signed a Memorandum of Understanding to develop this 105-seat version of the MD-80. At the 1991 Paris Airshow, McDonnell Douglas announced the development of this new aircraft, designated the MD-95. The naming of the MD-95 was intended to reflect the year when deliveries were expected to begin. In its final design, the MD-95 resembled the DC-9-30 closely in terms of weight, dimensions, and fuel capacity. Major changes from the original concept included a reduction in fuselage length to 119 feet and a return to the original DC-9 wingspan. McDonnell Douglas envisioned the MD-95 as a modern replacement for the aging DC-9s, applying new engines, a modern cockpit, and other up-to-date systems to the proven design of the DC-9-30. The development of the MD-95 was met with cautious optimism in the market. Scandinavian Airlines System, SAS, a longtime McDonnell Douglas customer, opted for the Boeing 737-600 over the MD-95 in March 1995, a decision that was seen as a setback for the new model. However, in October 1995, U.S. low-cost carrier ValueJet signed an order for 50 MD-95s with an option for 50 more. This order was significant for McDonnell Douglas as it represented a vote of confidence in the new aircraft. Harry Stonecipher, president of McDonnell Douglas, felt that launching MD-95 production based on the single order was a calculated risk with the expectation that further orders would materialize over time. Unfortunately, for about two years, the ValueJet order remained the only one for the MD-95. As for the engines, the MD-95 was initially proposed to be powered by a 16,500 LBF thrust derivative of the JT-8D-200 series, with the Rolls-Royce Taste 670 also considered as an alternative. This was confirmed in January 1992 when Rolls-Royce and McDonnell Douglas signed a Memorandum of Understanding concerning the Tay-powered MD-95. McDonnell Douglas stated that the MD-95 project would require minimal development cost as it was a direct offshoot of the IAE-powered MD-90. During 1993, McDonnell Douglas appeared to be favoring a life extension program for the DC-9-30 under the program name DC-9X to continue its presence in the 100-120 to seat market. In evaluating engine upgrades for the DC-9X, McDonnell Douglas identified the BMW Rolls-Royce BR700 engine as the ideal candidate. On February 23, 1994, the BR700 was selected as the sole power plant for the airliner. Plans were also in place for MD-95 final assembly to be undertaken in China as part of the Trunkliner program, which involved negotiations to have up to 150 MD-90s built in China. The MD-90 trunkliner deal was finalized in June 1992, but the contract was for a total of 40 aircraft, including 20 MD-80TS and 20 MD-90TS with the MD-80 already being license-built in Shanghai since the 1980s. However, in early 1993, McDonnell Douglas indicated that it was considering sites outside China for the assembly line and was later seeking alternative locations.
1994, McDonnell Douglas sought global partners to share development costs for the MD-95 and began a search for a low-cost final assembly site. Several international companies were selected for various components of the aircraft, Halle Group in South Korea for the wings, Alenia of Italy for the entire fuselage, Aerospace Industrial Development Corporation of Taiwan for the tail. Shinmeiwa of Japan for the horizontal stabilizer and a manufacturing division of Korean Airlines for the nose and cockpit. In a significant turn of events, on November 8, 1994, McDonnell Douglas announced that final assembly would be taken away from the longtime Douglas plant at Long Beach Airport, California. Instead, it selected a modifications and maintenance operation, Dalfert Aviation in Dallas, Texas, to assemble the MD-95. However, in early 1995, management and labor unions in Long Beach reached an agreement to hold down wage costs for the life of the MD-95 program and McDonnell Douglas canceled the preliminary agreement with Dalford, deciding to keep the final assembly in Long Beach. In August 1997, a pivotal moment in the aviation industry unfolded as Boeing acquired McDonnell Douglas. This acquisition brought together two of the most prominent names in aviation, marking the beginning of a new chapter for the MD-95, a project initiated by McDonnell Douglas. Most industry observers at the time anticipated that Boeing would discontinue the development of the MD-95, considering its own extensive range of aircraft models. However, Boeing made a surprising decision to continue with the MD-95 under a new name, the Boeing 717. This decision demonstrated Boeing's recognition of the potential in the 100-seat market segment and their willingness to invest in this project. The 717 name had historical significance for Boeing, although it was not widely used in their commercial lineup. Originally, the 717 designation was used for the C-135 Stratolifter Military Transport and the KC-135 Stratotanker Tanker Aircraft. Additionally, Boeing had briefly used the 717 name to promote an early design of the 720 to airlines before it underwent modifications to meet market demands. This earlier use of the designation 717 to 100 for the Air Force tanker and 717 to 200 for the commercial airliner provided a unique opportunity for Boeing to rebrand the MD. 95 as the Boeing 717, a name that had not been widely recognized in the commercial aviation sector. The initial phase of marketing the Boeing 717 was challenging. Boeing's experience in selling the 717 mirrored that of McDonnell Douglas, with uncertainties prevailing in the chaotic post-deregulation United States airline market. Even the original order of 50 units was not a guaranteed success. However, the first 717 assembly commenced in May 1997, marking the start of a new journey for this aircraft. The aircraft had its rollout ceremony on June 10, 1998, and its first flight took place on September 2, 1998. This marked significant progress in the aircraft's development and a step closer to its entry into the market. Following extensive flight testing, the 717 was awarded a type certification on September 1, 1999. The first delivery of the 717 was made in September 1999 to Airtran Airways, formerly known as ValueJet. Commercial service of the 717 commenced the following month, marking its official entry into the commercial aviation market. The Boeing 717 slowly began to gain traction in the market. 
Early operators of the 717 reported high satisfaction with the aircraft's reliability and passenger appeal, leading to additional orders. For instance, in early 2000, the small Australian regional airline Impulse took a long-term lease on five 717s to expand into mainline routes. Although Impulse's ambitious expansion was not sustainable in competition with major airlines and resulted in its acquisition by Qantas in May 2001, the capabilities of the 717 became evident to Qantas. The 717 was noted for being faster than the Bay 146 and achieving a higher dispatch reliability of over 99% compared to competing aircraft. The maintenance costs for the 717 were also significantly lower. For instance, AC check inspection required once every 4,500 flying hours took only three days compared to 21 days for its predecessor, the DC-9. The new Rolls-Royce BR-715 engine design contributed to the ease of maintenance. As a result of these advantages, many operators, including Qantas, became advocates for the 717. Qantas expanded its 717 fleet to replace its Bay 146 aircraft and other orders followed from airlines like Hawaiian Airlines and Midwest Airlines. Boeing actively marketed the 717 to several major airlines, including Northwest Airlines, which already operated a large fleet of DC-9 aircraft and Lufthansa. In addition to marketing the existing model, Boeing considered developing a stretched, higher-capacity version of the 717 tentatively named the 717-300. However, this idea was eventually shelved due to concerns that it might compete with Boeing's 737-700 model. Despite this, Boeing maintained its belief in the viability of the 100-passenger market, supporting both the 717 and the 737-600, the smallest of the next-generation 737 series. The 737-600 was better suited for longer-distance routes, while the lighter 717 was more efficient for shorter, regional routes. In 2001, Boeing implemented a significant innovation in its production process by introducing a moving assembly line for the 717 and 737. This new production method significantly reduced production time and costs. However, the aviation industry faced a downturn following the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, leading to a slump in airline traffic and a reevaluation of the 717's future. Despite the challenging circumstances and a lack of orders, Boeing decided to continue with the 717 production, confident in its suitability for the 100-seat market and its long-term potential. This decision was somewhat vindicated when Boeing secured 32 orders for the 717 in 2002, despite the severe industry downturn. A milestone was reached on June 18, 2002, when the 100th 717 was delivered to Airtran Airways. The competitive landscape for regional jets, particularly with the entry of models from Bombardier and Embraer, impacted the 717 sales post-2001. American Airlines, which had acquired TWA, initially planned to continue with the TWA's 717 order. However, the airline eventually canceled the order for the remaining Boeing 717s as well as the Airbus A318S that TWA had ordered. A significant setback for the 717 program occurred in December 2003 when Boeing failed to secure a $2.7 billion US dollar contract from Air Canada, a long-term DC-9 customer, who opted for Embraer E-Jets and Bombardier CRJ-200 over the 717. 
This loss marked the beginning of the end for the 717. On January 14, 2005, Boeing announced its decision to cease the production of the 717 after fulfilling all outstanding orders, citing slow sales as the primary reason. The final chapter in the 717's production story came in April 2006 when the 156th and last 717 rolled off the assembly line, delivered to Airtran Airways, the launch customer and also the final customer for the aircraft. The final two Boeing 717s were delivered to Airtran Airways and Midwest Airlines on May 23, 2006. This marked the end of commercial airplane production at Boeing's Long Beach facility in Southern California, closing a significant chapter in aviation history. The Boeing 717's journey from conception to cessation of production is a narrative of innovation, market adaptation, and the complexities of the aviation industry. Despite the challenges and eventual discontinuation, the 717 left an indelible mark on the world of commercial aviation, exemplifying the continuous evolution and resilience of this dynamic industry. Continuing our exploration into the Boeing 717, we delve deeper into the technical aspects and operational history of this remarkable aircraft. The Boeing 717 features a state-of-the-art two-crew glass cockpit, a significant advancement in aviation technology. This cockpit is equipped with six interchangeable liquid crystal display units and advanced Honeywell via 2000 computers. The design, known as the Advanced Common Flight Deck, ACF, is shared with the MD-10 and MD-11, reflecting a continuity and advancement in cockpit design across these models. The flight deck of the 717 includes an electronic instrument system, a dual flight management system, a central fault display system, and global positioning system. These sophisticated systems enhance the flight experience, offering pilots greater control and situational awareness. One of the significant capabilities of the 717 is its Category 3B automatic landing capability, which is particularly useful for operations in bad weather. Additionally, the aircraft is equipped for future air navigation systems, keeping it in step with evolving global aviation standards. Pilots transitioning from the DC-9 and analog MD-80 found it relatively easy to adapt to the 717 with the FAA approving transition courses that could be completed in just 11 days, thanks to the aircraft sharing the same type rating as the DC-9. In collaboration with Parker Hannafin, MPC Products of Skokie, Illinois, designed a groundbreaking fly-by-wire technology mechanical control suite for the 717's flight deck. This technology replaced the more cumbersome rigging found in previous DC-9-MD-80 aircraft, streamlining control and reducing potential for mechanical issues. The Rolls-Royce BR-715 engines of the 717 are controlled by a full-authority digital engine control, FADEC, system developed by BAE Systems. This system offers improved controllability and optimization, leading to significant gains in efficiency. The BR-715 engines are notable for their lower fuel consumption compared to other engines available at the time, providing the same amount of thrust but with greater efficiency. The cabin layout of the 717 follows the 2 plus 3 seating arrangement of its DC-9-MD-80-MD-90 predecessors. This design is particularly passenger-friendly, providing only one middle seat per row. Unlike the 3 plus 3 arrangement with two middle seats per row found in other single-aisle twin jets like the Boeing 737 family and the Airbus A320 family. 
In a move to maximize fuel efficiency and reduce complexity, McDonnell Douglas decided not to offer the MD-95-717 with aft air stairs, a feature present in its predecessors. Several variants of the 717 were produced or proposed. The primary production variant, the 717-200, was powered by either two Rolls-Royce BR-715A-1-30 or BR-715C-1-30 engines and could seat 134 passengers. A total of 155 of these aircraft were built. The 717 Business Express was a proposed corporate version unveiled in 2003, configurable for 40 to 80 passengers in a luxurious first and or business class interior. Other proposed variants included the 717 to 100, a shorter version with 86 seats, and the 717-300X, a stretched version designed for a typical two-class seating of 130 passengers. However, these variants were eventually shelved. As of December 2022, the major operators of the Boeing 717 included Delta Airlines, QantasLink, and Hawaiian Airlines. Delta Airlines, in particular, became the largest operator of the 717, acquiring a fleet previously operated by Airtran Airways from Southwest Airlines. Delta's strategy of utilizing older aircraft supported by its extensive maintenance, repair, and overhaul organization, TechOps, has been unique among U.S. legacy carriers. Blue One, a Finnish airline, announced in 2015 that it would sell its 717 fleet, with some of these aircraft going to Delta and the Spanish low-cost carrier Velodia. By January 2021, Velodia had retired their last Boeing 717, marking the end of the aircraft's operations by European carriers. The Boeing 717 has an impressive safety record. As of June 2023, the aircraft has been involved in six aviation accidents and incidents, but remarkably, there have been no hull losses and no fatalities. These incidents include an on-ground collision while taxiing, an emergency landing due to issues with nose landing gear extension, and one attempted hijacking. This safety record underscores the reliability and robustness of the 717 as a commercial airliner. In conclusion, the Boeing 717's journey from its inception as the MD-95 to its current status is a testament to the resilience and adaptability of this aircraft. Its advanced technology, efficient performance, and passenger-friendly design have made it a valuable asset for airlines around the world. Despite the challenges faced in its early years, the 717 has carved out a unique niche in the aviation industry demonstrating the ever-evolving nature of this dynamic field. Thank you for all your support. Please consider liking and subscribing. Your support is greatly appreciated. This was Pavel and until next time, where we will look at the fascinating story of Boeing 727.